Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners and viewers. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Program. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and I've got the smiling Stephen Cervantes <laughs> here It is here good with me. to be here. It's been so, a while. Yeah. It's time to talk and challenge people, and I love these podcasts. Yeah, and so uh, before we get started, because I'm really excited about the the program today and kind of what we're going to be talking about as far as purpose in life and and you know what yeah. it's really all about. Um, I wanted to let you know that we are a listener supported program. That means the only way that you're seeing us or hearing us is just because uh, we've had folks just like you who've come alongside uh, and decided to partner with us financially. Thank you. And so you can do that at the website at puresexradio.com and just click on the donate link uh, or. Uh, another thing you can do, or I should say, and another thing you can do uh, that helps to to spread the word about the program is to just uh, rate and review the podcast after you've listened to it or Good. just any time. Uh, yeah, just go in and that just helps to for people to find it uh, better. And so if you've benefited from this, please rate and v- review the podcast. Rate and review. That would be your part. We'll do the work and you rate and review. That'll Your part and our part will be a team. That's right. And um, today, Stephen, yes, we're going to talk about the the purpose of life, or the, as you put it, the three purposes in life. Ooh, there are three purposes in life, and we better figure them out and explain them today. Well, is that it? And here's one thing: I, I kind of want to give you a lot of props here. One of the okay. things I love about how you sort of categorize and and even create lists. Mm-hmm is I think you're you're always trying to hone things down to the simple essence. Oh. Like like you don't get you don't want to get bogged down in a million details. Right. You're like, hey, what does this actually mean? And so I, I think it's gonna be really helpful today to help people narrow things down to like what are the three things in life. Now should I tell you that, I do that because I'm a simple guy. Yeah, well and I need <laughs> things to be simple so that I can understand them or, or I shouldn't tell people that because it makes me look you know, small, no, I think it. I think and I'm it, supposed to be smart. You know? Well, no, I think it reminds us all that life was created to be simple. I don't think God oh, intended for it to be complicated. I love that. I love patterns. You know, mm-hmm. when you're learning something, if you can pick out a pattern, it's like it just makes learning easier. Some guy said, you know, dance is patterns, and if you can just watch the patterns, it's like music I, is that way too, right? Yeah. And I think people are very patterned, and I think God is very patterned, and it just makes it easier on us, the creation, to understand God. When I was a teenager, and my, you know, dad is just 
struggling with being the dad of a teenager who had this room that looked like a bomb had gone off in it. Uh, he would love to remind me of a, a verse in scripture that says, God is a God of order. So <laughs> <laughs> That is good. So, God is God. And I like it because I think it's true and it really helps us. So, so here what, here's what I've decided. There are really three purposes in life. Now, remember, I'm the emotional guy, okay? You're going to get a spiritual guy that's going to give you spiritual principles. I'm always talking emotionally. I want to make my emotions work with my spiritual life. So when I say three purposes, well, come on. I mean, if you go to work, there's a purpose. And you go to church, there's a purpose. But emotionally, I think there's three things that we're called to. So are you ready? I want to hear them. There you go. You have to learn yourself. I'm going to go through all three of them, then Mm -hmm. we'll break them down. You have to learn yourself. You have to learn God. And in doing those two things, then you turn outward and you learn other people around you. Mm-hmm. So, so in church, it always baffles me because the job of church is to teach spiritual principles, right? But I'm an emotional being, and and not everything really worked that well in my life. I, I knew what to do in my head. I knew what I was told to do. And then it's like you're told if you're not doing it, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But it's like God made us with a body and a mind and a, and a way the mind works and a way to interact. And so I, I sort of flipped things around and said, I'm going to try to understand myself. What do I think? And why do I think like that? And why do I always end up in this place? And what do I repeat in my head? And I just read this wonderful book. And I'm going to do a little summary, so I'm not going to say too much about it. But he, they said, when you know you, you know what to take to God. Mm. And when you go find God, then you understand you. So it's like a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. When you go find looking for yourself, you start asking questions. Well, why am I made this way? And what's my purpose? And is this the way it's supposed to work? Then when you go pursuing you, it's not like because you have the answers. But when you learn you, you learn a lot of good questions to ask. Right. And then you say, I wonder why. And that's that becomes the dialogue with heaven. Yeah. You know, when you're saying that about how, you know, in church we learn these principles and then you look at your life and it's, it's like messy. Yeah. Uh, it made me think of like, yeah, you know, you go to church and we're, we're told about all these very neat, clean lines. And then we turn to our life and it's just like a blur. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so sometimes it's hard for us to think, how do these two things connect? And I love the fact that, you know, while, while we may want to, um, have this real clean process of saying, start with God, and then you know you'll get to yourself. I'm I th- I like the way you're saying, well, what I know is is my experience of being in this body, and and what yeah. if I started there, and like you said, not starting there to end there, right? But starting there to say, what are the questions that I need to ask about the way I'm built, and the way I'm made, and the way I think, and the way I process, and that I think then leads to this beautiful and honest conversation with yes. God. Not a conversation that's that's filtered through like some kind of super clean religious lens. 
Right. But actually a, an honest, like, this is right. my the messy real life. Me, the yeah. real me, right? And all the broken places. Because you go to church and you hear church talk. Mm-hmm. And then and then I've wondered, some people are so good at church talk, but they're not very deep. They're not very emotional. They're not very real. I feel like it's like a, I had a pl- good church plastic conversation, but don't, don't push too hard. Don't break anything. Everything's kind of cobbled together here so we look good. But then you see people falling out in their lives and, and creating messes. And it's like, wait a minute. We're spiritual and we're emotional, and God knows that. So one of my, you know, one of my all-time favorite movies is Princess Bride. Okay, you know, and there's the guy in there that's always saying "inconceivable, inconceivable," <laughs> and and they're saying, "I don't think you that word means what you think it means." And sometimes I, I feel like oh, that's good. Uh, and so I knew this guy one time who would always try to use bigger words than what he actually knew the definition of. <laughs> And I sometimes that's think, good. like, that's what you're talking about. People, they, they start to learn how to speak this language that has right. never actually connected with their actual soul, never mm. actually connected with the messiness of their lives. And it's like, I think, hey, let's let's scrap the facade right. and actually go on. I, 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 I truly do like the order in which you've put this. It's not to be, you know, uh, dismissive of the need to learn God and to obviously Absolutely have a relationship. Absolutely, no. But I think... What you're saying is, can we at least be honest enough to say where all of us start on that journey? We don't start with thoughts of God. We start with just the experience of our lives That's right. around That's right. us. And then that, I think, can take us to and this place. And we need to go somewhere with our questions, right? Mm-hmm. And to figure out what are we made for and how are we designed and how do we work best? And does anybody have the answers? Because creation doesn't answer creation very well. It takes yeah. a creator to answer those questions. And I want to make mention, too, of, of one of the things in the way that you've constructed this that I think is really helpful is that you've used the word learn. Yes. To learn yourself, to learn God, to learn others. And I think that's a great—to me, that reframes it in a different way of thinking. Like, for instance, I think somebody, uh, any one of us could probably take these and say we've heard in some way or another— that we need to know ourselves and we need to know God and we need to know others, right? Yeah. But this this feels to me, at least, and I mean, it could come across to our listeners differently. We'd love to hear your responses to this, but at least the way this initially hit me was I felt more movement with this word. Mm. In other words, if I'm going on a journey of learning something, Amen. I, I've got to move. There's action involved in that. Simply it's knowing, dynamic. it's like I can keep that in my head. Uh, you know, and very fixed. Yeah. I know this. I know this. I know this. But, but learning like, has movement to it. Like I've got to keep. I've it. got to keep exploring if I'm going to learn something. Yes. And so, if you want to go find God and discover God, I think it's fabulous because in that process, he's going to talk about creation. He's going to talk about you and me, mm-hmm. right? Or you could also say, you know, I'm a human being. We're human beings. So what does that mean? And why are we here? And what's the purpose? And so uh, I think people mean well. But but somebody, w- I say, hey, I'm worried. Now, a spiritual person would say, well, don't worry. Be anxious for nothing. Yeah. But trust, in all things. <laughs> trust God. Trust God. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, I'll just stop because you tell me to. Yeah, the conversation's over. We're isn't done. Yeah. You just tell me what to do. Now, uh, you know, I think God doesn't want us to be anxious. Right. And that's why he says, hey, don't be anxious. 
Find, f- find me, okay? And, and press in, and I'll give you some answers here. But to say, don't. Don't fear. Fear's wrong. You shouldn't fear. Fear's bad. It's like, hey, I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid. Can you can I just... tell me not to fear all you want. <laughs> it doesn't make the fear go away. That's exactly right. And I think if we realize uh, I'm afraid is a very honest body grounding experience. And then I think to myself, when I say I'm afraid, I'm owning it and I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And where am I putting it out? To, to who? To the Father. Yeah. Because I'm just admitting or confessing or embracing. And, and I want to live well in this body. And it makes me think, and I am going to use a, uh, a scriptural passage here, but I think the way it connects is gives us this imagery of how God meets us when we express those emotions clearly. You know, when Jesus said, if you're weary, if you're heavy laden, come yes, to me yes. and I'll give you rest. Amen. I, what I love about that is like, if I come to him and go, I'm afraid, I'm, you know, I'm hurting. Yeah. It's not as if now he's going to say, um, well, let me give you a lesson. Right. He's saying, you've come to me. Yes. And I'm going to give you rest. It's not, I'm not going to give you a lesson right now. I'm going to give you me. I'm going to give you my, th- my presence. I'm yeah. going to give you my... I'm sit with you. Yeah. I'm going to sit in the fear with you, and I'm not going to be afraid. You can be afraid, and I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be lost. And, and while you're telling me, you know, we're like children when the kids say, you know, I don't know what to do. It's just a beautiful thing. And that's part of that's part of this symbiotic relationship, I think, between learning yourself and then learning God is because it's out of that questioning that when we bring those questions into the presence of God, we experience and learn something about him yes. that maybe we wouldn't learn through yes. a, a a Bible study or we wouldn't learn through an academic exercise in the, mm. in the just the head knowledge area. And and I I don't want any of our listeners to think that we are um uh, dismissive or derogatory towards such things Classes. as Bible study yeah, and you know no, it's like no, no. But That's, but I think what we've done is we have we've elevated that to a place in the church that we've made it seem as if if you can check all the boxes and have all the quote unquote right, right. answers on your scantron, right. then somehow you're a mature follower of Jesus and you somehow know yourself and know God well. And what we're trying to say is let's push against that because I don't think that has produced these vibrant disciples of Jesus like we think yes, it has. Yes, that's right. And we want people to know the church and God are real and work and transformational. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the message is, is that we're all being transformed. And it's okay to ask the question. It's okay to be stuck. It's okay to be afraid. Because I think, it, I like what you said, in his presence. Everything is in his presence. When we're just talking, we're in his presence. And he'd like to engage us there. So, so how well does your work, I'm, I'm sorry, how well does your life work if you don't like yourself very much? Hmm. You just don't like you. And you remind yourself you don't like you and what's wrong with you. And you irritate you. And then you say, ah, I'm so stupid. What's the matter? Why can't I? What, what if you just spend the day not liking you? Well, what's that, what, what's that like? What kind of life is that? Heavy. Like really, really heavy. Um I've been there, uh, you know, a, a lot of my 
uh, time in my addiction was spent with massive just shaming thoughts and just mm. um, and and there's this sense. It, what I would say, though, too, about that is it's not just an emotionally heavy kind of uh, depressing uh, state to be in. When I look back on that time in my life, there's a word that kind of rises to the top. It felt incongruent. Hmm. In other words, it felt disjointed. Yeah. In other words, it's like I can keep beating myself up thinking that I'm going to get to some kind of result that says just pound yourself into goodness. Right. And it's like all that does is seem to create more disjointedness. And it's whip like, yourself and abuse yourself and name call yourself and, and, and that's right because you're bad. Well, and what I mean is it's like the more I did that, the more I felt like I was actually removing myself from the harmony that I was meant to exist to experience uh, in, life. Yeah. in other words what you're talking about here is when we go on an honest journey of learning ourselves and then in that learning god there's a harmony that comes out yes. of that there's like a fitting together that comes amen and 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 it the shame goes away and the sense of like you don't beat yourself up anymore because you're mm. going i can bring all of my brokenness and all of my pain into the presence of god and he doesn't reject me for it Instead, he embraces me, and so there's a there's a harmony that comes out of that. You know, and there's another thought. You know, what if I don't take care of myself? Okay, why do I need to take care of myself? I'm supposed to sacrifice myself, you know, and and take care of everybody else. I don't need to take care of myself. It's like, wait a minute, this is the temple, right? Mm-hmm. This is a body he gave me, a brain he gave me, and and if you're gonna live in peace, you got to understand that that we are a steward of ourselves, yeah. our mind, not just our money, but our mind and our back and our hands, right? We're stewards of this temple that he made. And it's okay to take care of this temple, right? And, and so we're talking about if I don't like myself, if I don't take care of myself, and let me even push it further. If I don't walk in a sense of love, Mm-hmm. of self, meaning as God meant it, to enter the love that God wants us to live in and live out of. Yeah. Well, you know, if you know, Jesus is actually the one who said, hey, you know the entire program of God? It hangs on this, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And we miss that a lot of times, right? We That's think, right. We, we, um, we throw ourselves away. Yeah. In this kind of false humility that says, "No, I'm supposed to. I'm nothing. I'm. I'm right. just. I'm just pitiful, and I'm, I'm supposed to be a doormat here. And I'm just. And it's like, you know, I don't. I don't see. Even Jesus <laughs> didn't say, you know what? I'm going to go my entire human existence and and not eat any food, right. and like not take a nap, and not. You know. So it's like there's a sense of self care. Yeah, it's part of God's design. Love, and it's it's one of these things where it's it's also it's a logical fallacy to think that I can care well for you. Yes, if I don't take care of me, that's right. I can neglect me. I can tear me up. I can discard me and sacrifice for you. Well, what do you have to give? You and know? how long is that going to last? And you're going to be drinking and drugging or something when you got nothing. When right. you got nothing, you got nothing, right? So we're talking about the fullness of what we were called to, and can run on, and and we can even see ourselves as the beloved, mm-hmm. right? As the chosen ones, 
I mean, how loved are we? And can we participate in that love? And you know what I think is really cool about this, Stephen, is when, when, when this happens, when you start going on this journey of learning yourself and, and then in that learning God and of his grace and his goodness, yeah. and there's, this, there's these two things that I think begin to grow simultaneously in us. One is this incredible sense of the value that God has placed on our lives as a human being made as in, in his image. But at the same time, there's a deepening and expanding humility yes. in recognizing that, Yes, you mean this weak, frail creature God has poured out his whole love on and says, yes. I want to be part of you. So there's a sense of your as your understanding of your value increases— also, your humility increases because you recognize the extent to which God has been kind to you. And it's you. the charge of energy. I'm so loved. I'm so loved mm. that he would sacrifice. I want to walk in that. I want to embrace that love. I want to be so loved. I can rest. I can be peaceful. And I can flow out. Right? And it's, that's 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 kind of where you're going on this and the third piece, right, is out of this learning Good, yes. of yourself and God, then there's this learning of others. You, you, you're you free then to actually say, I can explore your life, and it's not going to be a threat to me. Yes. It's not going to break and me And I up. say, I'm so scared. And you can say, okay. Let's talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just fear. It's just fear. You know, you don't have to fix me. The God is here mm-hmm. to fix me. You can walk with me. Because we a lot of times shame one another. You shouldn't think that. Or that's of the devil. You know, that's the devil. Well, you know what? People give so much power to the devil. There's a devil. But I don't think he's that powerful that he's in every thought, overpowering everybody all the time. I think he's running around trying to grab somebody. And it's like, no, no, we, we do this to ourselves. Mm -hmm. There was this lady came up to a speaker that I, I was at a little church conference and she was 80 years old, and and uh, she said, you're the first person that told me it was okay to like myself. Mm. I'm 80 years old, and I've been taught I'm supposed to hate myself. Oh, man. Now, you think about the 80 years. I'm bad. My flesh is bad. Everything about me is bad. Now, the truth is we mess up. There's no question about that. And the heart can be wicked, but we're also told to use that same heart with all our heart, mm-hmm. mind and soul to love, right? So what does this look like then when we start to, uh, what is the ongoing nature of this learning look like, do you think? Because yeah, it's yeah, not- yeah, yeah, but wait, wait a minute. I'm going in one direction okay. and then you pull it back and don't let me, I want to come <laughs> back because because the whole idea of being alone is terrifying mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. They don't want to be alone because they just torment themselves with shame and blame and false identity and statements of failure and loss and bad. It's like, I don't want to be alone. But it's interesting because when you admit aloneness, I think it's the beginning of being healthy. Mm. I'm alone. I'm the only me on this whole planet. He only made one me. Mm -hmm. And he made me for himself. So in the alone, I go, oh no, I'm all alone, I'm all alone. And if you're quiet, you can hear him whisper, oh no, no, it's you and me. Mm. It's you and me on a journey. 
And have I got things for you to experience? And I'm going to be there through all of them. I'm going to be on the mountaintop. And I'm going to be down in the valley of death. I'm going to be there. And if we can stop beating ourselves and we can hear his whisper and use his word and the church and brothers and understand we're okay if we face the loneliness well. You know, as you're saying that, it, it, I feel like you have uh, brought like an image to my mind of what it means when we're told that love casts out fear. Right? Because, I mean, don't you think that one of the core fears of being uh, a broken, sinful human being is that fear of aloneness? Like, I'm I'm totally and completely yes. alone because in that aloneness, we can feel a sense of abandonment, right? Right. And so what yes. you're saying is, no, in the quietness of that, you can be reassured that you're never alone. Like, never like alone. your creator knows oh. you. And, and so there's this sense of like, doesn't that just drive the fear out? Like if every other possible circumstance that could go, if literally everything around me went away, if everybody around me went away, my quote unquote greatest fear of being alone can't actually come true because nobody can eliminate my creator. That's right. And so he said, I'm going to be with you forever. And And we do experience people leaving, dying, moving. Your your son going to college right. and not calling home, right? <laughs> People sort of go off in our yeah. life, you know? And so so then who are you left with? It's you and your maker in the morning saying, good morning, what do you have for me today? He said, I made a beautiful world for you today. And have I got some things that you're going to learn and discover today? And when you go to bed at night to say thank you, mm-hmm. there are great things that happen and some things are bothering me. I hope you got your eye on that thing. And I'm going to bed now and we'll see you in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so aloneness doesn't have to be the worst thing. And I think a lot of people are now figuring out do I want to beat me today? There's going to be a lot of quiet. What am I going to do with it? Because in our world, it's entertain yourself away. Right. Just, yeah. you know, there was somebody made a comment that said, when we were growing up, the kids had a line they use. They never say today. And the line was, I'm bored. <laughs> there was nothing right. to do. There really was nothing to do. <laughs> now, in 2007... Right, we got the iPhone. Right. And now there's always something to do. Which is why kids today, if they did use that phrase, would get a weird look from somebody like, what's boredom? What are you talking about? How can you be bored? There's a thousand different things to do. So so um, as we kind of spend the last couple of minutes wrapping up here, uh, mm. again, this idea of learning being an ongoing thing. Yes. What I like about that, Stephen, and I'd love for you to comment on it is – is why is it so important that we engage these purposes here of learning myself, learning God, and learning others as an ongoing thing, not as something like, hey, I'm going to be able to put in a neat little box and tie it up and be, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll I'll get to a point where I'm done learning me or I'm done learning God, I'm done learning others. Why is it important to have that ongoing? It's so beautiful because he made us 10, then he made us 20, then we get to be 30. (laughs) And I always say, man, 
I'm 66. I could be a great 40-year-old right now. I could just be really good. But you know what? He said, we already did that training. We're going to do the 66-year-old training now. And it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> and if you don't know this, I'm going to tell you, everybody's faking it. Yeah. Because have have you been this age before? Never. Have you lived this experience or this life uh, before? Oh, all, no, it's right. your first time? Well, this is my first we're time. We're all novices, right? And we don't know what we're doing, but we're we're on a journey that's about transformation. And the secret to it is to ask questions, to learn. Mm-hmm. And even about yourself and about your parents and about your traumas and about your wounds because stuff pops into your head, and it's the father well, answering the question. And you know what I love about just that perspective of like, today is a brand new day. It's completely new. We're all novices. We don't know what we're doing. Think about what learning requires. Learning requires ignorance. Ooh, Think knowing. about that. That's good. You yeah. can't say you've learned something if you can't admit you were ignorant of that same thing. Ooh. So think about the freedom that that gives us when we wake up each day. Yeah. Lord, I'm completely ignorant towards this day because I've never been here before. But I'm going to have a learning posture because the only way I can learn is because I recognize I don't know what I'm doing in this day. That's right. But I'm going to go on a journey of knowing me and knowing you and learning other people. And I think it just just frees you up to have some joy in the process. And I think that... This is going to sound odd, but most ministers like to say, well, I had this problem and I'm cured. And I'm cured. Okay. That doesn't come from these microphones, does it? <laughs> but, but, but if you said, I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like you. And we're on a journey and we're kids trying to figure out life. And, and I've lost some battles and won some battles. Mm-hmm. That would be much more interesting. Yeah. To say, hey, you're looking at humanity and, you know what, what God's showing me? Because sometimes we like preach to people to tell them. Right. But but the beauty of us talking is like, what is God showing you? And what what are you battling and talking to God about? And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's the beauty of us. We're all in a battle. We're all learning. And we're learning new things. Yeah. And that's called life. And and we're more alike than we are different when we start telling our stories. And yeah. so that's where we're going to have to end the program today. But, folks, we are so glad you've been with us. And we would love to hear just kind of, hey, what have you been learning? What are, How have you been learning yourself and learning God and learning others? So yeah. go to our website at puresexradio.com, and you can click on the contact link, and you can uh, tell us kind of where you are on your journey. We'd love to hear from you. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.